Amen. Uh, Brother Lyle uh, prayed, and thank you, Lord, for the chance to come together and get something from your word, refreshed uh, from you. Boy, that's, that's the truth. I, I constantly need, I need something from God. I constantly just need something from God. And I hope you're hungry for something from the Lord tonight. Let's go to 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5. Uh, thank you, ladies, for singing, and, and then the other ladies for... Uh, playing the offertory, um, he could be he'll, be, he'll be back soon, huh? Back, back soon. Uh, we, we, our, our scripture says, uh, then the last days, right? And we're, we're there, but we've been there for a while. Second uh, Peter, I'm sorry, Second John uh, 2, no, oh, 1 John, 1 John, there's nothing to it, 2 John. 1 John 2, 18, I think right there. Uh, we've been in the last days for uh, a while, but Again, we're one day closer than we were yesterday. One week closer than we were a week before. Um, and uh, we want to just uh, individually stay close to God and then use what influence we have to affect our families. Uh, use what influence we have to help each other in this church. To help each other in this church. Second Kings 5, 1 through 14. I'm going to read down through... Uh, Verse 14. Now Naaman, the captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man uh, with his master and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He also was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to, uh, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold, ten changes of raiment. He brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now, when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have sent therewith, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass, when the king of Israel had read the letter, he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make a lie that this man does send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore, consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. And it was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, he said unto the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not Abana and far, far rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? But he turned away. He turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather then when he saith to thee, Wash and be clean. When he went down and dipped himself seven times. Uh, then he went down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. And the Syrians, verse 2, and the Syrians had gone out by companies. 
and brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. This little maid, do you ever ever wonder what happened to her after this story? Kind of reminds us of the widow in in Mark 12, 42. Uh, Jesus noticed her as she gave her two mites and then went home, presumably after that. Uh, We kind of say, I wonder what happened to her. Well, God doesn't wonder what happened to her. I can say, based on the character of God, that he took good care of her for the rest of her life. And here's a little maid who shined as a good testimony for God. Do you ever wonder what happened to her? I don't know, but God does. And I'm looking forward to seeing her someday in heaven and saying, hey, I want to hear everything. Tell me the whole story. What was it like when you were torn from your home? And somehow you came to grips with the fact that God is still in charge. How did you do that? I want to know everything. Boy, we might say, uh, she's a little maid. She's insignificant. But with God, there's no such thing. He tells us in Matthew 10, verses 29 through 31, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. Not even a sparrow is insignificant to God. And then he says, But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore. Ye are, much, uh, ye are of much more value than many sparrows. Just a little maid... Just a little maid. But you know, little is much when God is in it. Just a little maid. Her situation was horrible. And yet her spirit was helpful. How did she pull that off? Let's pray. Lord, I, I thank you for this. Uh, thank you for God's word. Thank you for your word, oh God. Looking forward to getting something from tonight. I need to hear from you, Lord, and I know our church does. And Lord, when we need to hear from you, thank you for being there. When we need to hear from you, thank you for being there. When we cry out, you promise to pity those that fear you. Lord, may it be that we have a church of young people and old that not to fear you, that we could enjoy that pity as a father, pitieth his children. Meet with us tonight. I ask these things in Christ's name, amen. We'll go ahead and pray together tonight so I don't have to be as rushed. Uh, at the end, we'll have uh, Brother Kriego come and Brother John Hall Sr. come and pray to close things out. We'll have the, the seniors, at, uh, I'm sorry, the teens. We'll have all the teens who can slide out and, and do your normal prayer group with... Uh, Brother Stockman, you guys can talk about the activity uh, tomorrow night. Um, But I just want to talk about um, just a little maid. Just a little maid. I want to use those two points. Her horrible situation, my first point. And then my second point, her helpful spirit. First of all, her horrible situation. Her situation was painful. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. 
and she waited on Naaman's wife. I can't imagine the, the tremendous amount of pain that took place to put this little maid in the scene we find her in. The Syrians, it wasn't involved with a, a large-scale war with the Israelites. Nevertheless, they would make periodic raids on border locations in Israel. Small companies of marauding bands would hit a town, plunder it, often taking away uh, uh, things or even people as slaves. In fact, one commentator said the main objective uh, was the capture of slaves. In one raid, a young Jewish girl was taken captive taken to Damascus and eventually became Naaman's property, more specifically the servant of his wife. Can you feel her heartache? Her tears? Her homesickness? Her terror? Cruelly and forcefully taken captive and transported all the way to Damascus, the pain would have been severe for this little maid and, if, and, and for her parents, if they survived the raid, can you try to tap into their heartache for just a moment? Everyone, everyone in this life will know pain at some point. We get discouraged. In life there comes times when life just hurts so badly that it seems like it hurts beyond what we could possibly bear. Our heart feels like it will literally break. And my prayer is that this little maid has some encouragement for us tonight. Her situation was painful. But can we also see that her situation was providential? God was at work. She wouldn't have known it until later. She had to accept by faith that God was still on the throne. Providence has its pain, but providence has its placement as well. And we must learn to submit to both the pain of providence and the placement of providence. As far as I can tell, this story of Naaman being healed would never have taken place without her helpful spirit. She was in the right place, at the right time, with the right spirit. Now I've showed this to you before. I, on my keys, I, I, I carry one key that is uncut. It's brand new. I, I bought it from Ace Hardware. Just said, "Can I buy a blank?" Now this pain has never been cut on. It hasn't gone through any of the pain of cuttings. So no pain in the life of this key. So yay! Seems like the perfect life. But this key won't open any doors. For it to open a door, it must go through a cutting process where the master keysmith makes just the right cuttings into this key. This key would have to submit to the pain of providence of the master keysmith. 
And then to the placement. Because this key will need to be in the right place to open a door someday. A door that it was designed to open. That other keys cannot open. But this key can. And only this key. How many of you have those bowls of keys in your house? Right? You pull it out sometimes. You're like, where do these go to? I have all these cut keys, but I don't even know what, what door they go to. They're out of place. We don't even know where they go. But God wants to do some cutting in your life. And, and there's the pain providence. But he's shaping us. And then there's the placement of providence. Putting you near that door that only you can open if you will submit to what God is trying to do in your life. She had a little bit of the spirit of Joseph. Joseph went through some pain, didn't he? But in the end, when God did some cutting in his life, there were doors that Joseph was able to open, but only Joseph, because he allowed God to shape him and then place him near the door that only he could open, because God, what he had done. And he said this, when the brothers came to him at the end of Genesis 50, his brethren went also and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? As for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it for good. God was doing something. So we see her horrible situation. But then we see her helpful spirit. Her helpful spirit. And of course, some of us realists, right? We, we have some realists, Christians, lots of... I'm not a pessimist, I'm just a realist. And so apparently she was just out of touch, right? She could be happy because she was out of touch. Or is it possible that she lived like God was still on the throne? And if she can do it, everyone in this room can as well. Can we let her be an encouragement to us tonight? There, it says, and she said unto her mistress. So she's gonna, she notices there's a problem and she speaks up. There was a sensitivity. There was an issue and she knew I can be a help. No, no, you're supposed to be angry. You're a victim here. You're supposed to live your life angry at everybody. None of this helpful garbage. You're a victim. Use your victimhood to claim that as an excuse to live however you choose. Live angry. Lash out at people. Be. Go on being disobedient to parents. Go on being that last day's man. You have the excuse to be. You're a victim. She said unto her mistress, there was a sensitivity. And then she said, would God? There was a seriousness. And then, my Lord. She called Naaman, my Lord. There was a submissiveness. Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria. She knew where she could find help and where he was located. She was sharp. For he would recover him. Not could. He would recover him of his leprosy. She was spiritual. She had some faith. They could see a God. 
What are you talking about? How can you help? How can you tell somebody that God can help him when he apparently isn't able to help you? Oh, I'm sorry. Are, are we talking about the same God? God has placed me just where he wants me so I can do something for him. God hasn't failed me. Oh my. What a blessing. First thing. She was sensitive and sweet. Here she is noticing that somebody else is hurting. Do you remember? We, we think of that there in, in Genesis chapter 40 with Joseph. There was Joseph. He's in jail after he was lied about being an honorable person. And in jail, he should have had the weight of the world on his shoulders. He should have been living angry. And yet, he's respectful to Potiphar and then to the jailer. And God gives him favor. He put himself under the authority of these people and God gave him favor. And he had a spirit that was such that he goes in, instead of, woe is me, he says, oh look, the butler and the baker, they're hurting. He's sensitive to the need of somebody else. How can I help you? That was this maid. She said unto her mistress, when, when, she, when she heard that Naaman was a leper, and oh, that must have caused pain to ripple through the house. Can you imagine the pain that would have rippled through the household? And she's aware of pain. And she could have been angry at God and said, oh, <laughs> that seems to be your M.O. You bring pain into my life, and you bring pain into this home. Pain upon pain. Lots of pain. You're always ready to spread around pain. But no. Her spirit is sensitive and sweet. Why did she care? Humanly speaking, she should have had the spirit of, oh, what, Naaman might die? Serves him right. But she could keep things in context somehow. As bad as her situation was, she was in better shape than Naaman. Think about it. Physically, he was a great man. And she was just a little maid. But he was a leper. She was not. Can you be grateful for something like that, little maid? She knew the cure. He did not. Spiritually, she knew a God that she refused to believe had failed her. Spiritually, she was better off. Man, I I remember going through this phase when I was a teenager. I just, it felt really good to be angry. For no reason. I would look for excuses to feed my anger throughout that. I just, for a while, I just, uh, it feels really good to act like the whole world is against me and so I'm against them. No, and, no, and then I would just, you know, everyone, I was going to look for somebody to be angry at and, and, and pity the person who would correct me. Oh, my. Oh, they would, they would know my rage. It just, no reason at all. Just felt good. Felt good to live angry. And when you live like everyone is against you, that includes God. You're living a lie because it feels good. 
you're living a lie because it feels good. We can't live a lie. We have a good God. Many people are convinced they have just an awful life and that's their excuse to live angry and bitter. And I know some in here have dealt with that, are dealing with anger and bitterness. But you would never, we, we would never say God has let me down. It's just everyone else down here. Maybe my job, difficulties at, at, at my work, finances, other families in this church have failed me. The leadership, the teachers in the school, the bad influences of everyone else's children. My car keeps breaking down. My home, we have issues there. I'm just frustrated. Uh, of course, I would never say that God has let me down. It's just everyone else. But the truth is, we're kind of saying, Lord, you've kind of failed me. We live a life waiting for God to apologize. I think we've all been there. A little bit like Mary and Martha there in John chapter 11 after their brother died. They're coming up to Jesus and they're like, I I know you mean well, but you kind of let us down. You kind of failed us. I I know you mean well, but you kind of let us down. Verse 21, Martha says it first, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Then Martha in verse, uh, and then Mary in verse 32, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. And Jesus wept. We don't know exactly why he wept, but could it be that, that part of it was they had drawn the line of where Jesus' capabilities were and it was in the wrong place? Sure, if you had just been here, you could have helped, but it's too late, even for you. So now, Jesus, just let me live this life like you've let me down. I know you mean well, but... The little maid is here tonight to say, don't live that life waiting for God to apologize. You know what she would tell you tonight? And you know she's telling you from God's word tonight? One, God has never let anyone down. Never. And two, she's saying, hey, would you mind re-examining that line of where Jesus' capabilities are? It's not where you think it is. He's almighty God. He's still in the business of miracles. When we experience some painful providence and maybe begin to envy someone else that we think may be experiencing better providence than us, we let our inventory of our position and uh, of those, uh, let us inventory our position and that of those we envy. Let us not put so much stock in fame and position and money. Let us instead put value upon things which money cannot buy on things that have spiritual value. When we do this, we stop envying many a soul who seems to have made it, made it in this life. If we know the Lord and are doing His will, we are the ones who have the best lot in life. Unfortunately, if most of us had been in the little maid's place, 
we probably would have been glad that Naaman had leprosy. We would have felt it served him right for being so cruel and heartless to us. We would have kept silent about the possibilities for his healing. But here this young Jewish, uh, Jewish lass did not act this way. She did not let hard trials make her bitter and cause her to quit serving God. Like Joseph, who did not let them, the treatment of his brothers, the lying of Potiphar's wife, or his imprisonment keep him from serving well, this little maid did not let her cruel capture and slavery silence her witness and service for God. She graciously gave helpful witness and service in spite of her painful situation. She was sensitive and sweet. Then she was serious and sincere. Would God, would God, my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, would God. You want influence? Somehow she had influence. Her words shook two governments. Her words made it to the king, which made it to the king of Israel, and shook two governments. You want influence? She found it by having a sweet spirit and speaking out for the Lord. What made them listen to her? Listen to this. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus saith the maid that is of the land of Israel. It's almost like The wording here sounds like they knew about her. Thus and thus saith the maid. Not the little girl that's saying some things that we want to look into. the, The wording here is amazing to me. Thus and thus saith the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. So the king of Syria jumps into action based on what she says. He departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand pieces of gold, ten changes of raiment, and he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have, I have sent therewith, sent Naaman, my servant, to thee, and thou mayest recover him of leprosy. It came to pass, when the king of Israel had read the letter, he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and make alive that this man does sent unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Her words shook two governments. Just a little maid. Kings jumping at her words. The king of Israel tearing his clothes. He's not sure what to do. You know, some people are energized because they're like chickens with their heads cut off. Some people are energized because they don't know what to do. Here she was energized because she did. Would God. Some earnestness. Proverbs 20, verse 11. Even a child is known by his doings. Or her, in this case. Her words carried some weight. She was going to let God use her where she was. She was going to bloom where she was planted. There really wasn't much she could do. Right? She's a slave in a foreign land. But what she could do, she did do. We think of Mary of Bethany. Mark 14, 8. 
there was Mary anointing the feet of Jesus. And they, they got after her for the waste. And Jesus said, let her alone. She hath done what she could. We do not need to moan our lack of opportunities. Rather, we should concentrate on those we have and use them to the fullest. If we use what we have to the fullest, we will increase our opportunities. This little maid used her small opportunities to speak for God. And as a result, she has been speaking to multitudes, including you and I in this room. Around 3,000 years later, her words are still bringing encouragement. She was emphatic. What God? She was emphatic about her God being the one they needed. And they listened to her. Let's get zealous about our faith. If we're going to get the world's attention. If we're not excited and energized about what God did do in our lives. And what God could do in their lives. How is the world going to get excited? Her compassion and concern got their attention. She was sensitive and sweet. She was serious and sincere. And then she says, Would God, my Lord, my Lord. She was submissive. She was submissive. She was kind and respectful. Again, reminds us of Joseph in Potiphar's house. And then again in the prison. Able to put themselves under the ultimate authority. And then recognize the extensions of that authority. In this case, Naaman and his wife. And you say, oh, but that authority is disqualified. Well, we think of Daniel, who somehow saw that some of God's authority had flowed to Nebuchadnezzar, and he put himself under that. And later on, Darius. I'm reading Nehemiah right now. He understood that that Artaxerxes had authority because God allowed him to have authority. And he put himself under that authority that he recognized came from God. If you let him, the devil will disqualify all the authority in your life. He did so with Eve in the Garden of Eden. Once the devil got her to doubt the goodness of God, the devil disqualified God as her authority. And once God can disqualify the authority in your life, he's got you ready to take the reins of your own life and open the door. And what did she open the door to? The death and misery that sin brought to the human race. She was able to be submissive. God could use that. I was reading this, uh, 2 Chronicles 36. Verses 11 through 12, Zedekiah was one, of, was one and 20 years old when he began to reign and reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord his God and humbled not himself before Jeremiah the prophet speaking from the mouth of the Lord. He refused to humble himself before the authority that God had for him. Now, I think we have it backwards sometimes. I think we say, well, it's the authority's job to keep me under. And that's not what the Bible says. Obey your parents. It doesn't say, parents, uh, keep your children under. God also says to the children, obey. Put yourself under. Obey them that have the rule over you. 
I remember uh, young people, it's this, this whole me versus them game is not of God. I remember a while ago, one of my children was pretty hard-hearted. And, uh, and she, was, she was talking about how... That, that, no, no, it wasn't Alec, I guess, but you'll have to guess. <laughs> um, a while ago, and, and she, was, she was just face-to-face with Mom. And Mom was saying, we're not going anywhere we're, we're going to stay together. We're going to keep working at this and pray. We're going we're to write down blessings from God. We're going to stay together until you're past this. And I remember it was ours. I remember coming in to check on him. And, and uh, the look on my daughter's face was, I can play this game forever. And the look on my wife's face was, oh God. Please break my little girl's heart. I remember walking in and I said, on your face, I see I can, I can play this game forever. But look at the pain in your mother's eyes. For her, it's not a game. Young people, you're playing games with your parents' hearts. And you think, <laughs> I, I can keep going forever, but it's not a game. She was submissive. Next... Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria. She was sharp. She was smart. She was shrewd. You know, some might be tempted. Well, I know why she was sweet. She was kidnapped before she knew what was going on. Then how did she know where the man of God was? That there was a man of God. Where to find him? And that she could get help there. She would have known that before she left Israel. She knew where help was. This must mean that the man of God had been respected in the home she grew up in. They must have spoken well of him and prayed for him. Of course, there's the joke. You know, some families have the preacher for dinner. Only he's not there. Roast preacher. Homes, be, be careful. In some homes, the last place the kids would think to get help they need is from their pastor. Parents, are you doing the are you doing right by them? Respecting the leadership God has placed over you? Here, she thought the only place he can, the help he needs is from God, and I know just where you can find one of his representatives. God can help. And then the last thing here 
for he would recover him of his leprosy. She was spiritual. She was sure. Man, what in the world? He would? It's like she's a little prophet here. Prophetess. He would recover him of his leprosy? What faith this little girl has. He would recover him of his leprosy? Oh, the faith. Not just that God could do great things. She had faith that said God would do great things. Naaman was a hard man. But through those little eyes, she could see past the hardness and see Naaman as a healed man. I find it interesting that there's this little maid. She uses her influence. And there's Naaman. And he dips those seven times and he comes up. Now the word little is being used to describe him. When he came up, his skin was like that of a little child. She was the little one. And because of her influence, Naaman came up out of the water with skin like the skin of a little child. How beautiful we think that littleness, don't we? There in Matthew 18, where God says, At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him, and set him in the midst of them, and said, Early I say unto you, Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Boy, I commend her parents. The little bit of time they had with her, they made sure they used it wisely, didn't they? So what's this story about? The little heroine? Sure. But, verse 15. Verse 15. He, Naaman, returned to the man of God, he and all his company, and came and stood before him. And he said, Behold. Now, I know that there is no God in all the earth save in Israel. God was glorified. That's the point of this whole story. And it happened because a little maid was willing to live a life as though God had not failed her. And he was worth serving. Lord, I do pray that you'd be with our church. We need you, God. We have a short time of invitation, Lord. I pray that you'd be working in hearts. Lord, uh, that lad just had that little lunch. But once he placed it in the hands of the Lord Jesus, it fed thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Lord, there are some people in here 
They say, I'm so little, I'm insignificant, but I pray, oh God, that there would be some that climb into the hands of the Lord Jesus and surrender everything to Him. Because He can take something little and seemingly insignificant and do amazing, powerful, mighty things with it. Because little can be much when God is in it. Lord, our our church needs your help and healing and hope that only you can give. Lord, bring our hearts to you. Help us be knit one to another and to you, O God. I do ask these things in Christ's name, amen.